This production is supported by Arts Council England. For more information, visit artscouncil.org.uk. Furtherfield.org for art, technology and social change. So yes, um, I'm Charlotte Frost um, and I would like to introduce James Woolbank and Steve Withington of Access Space. Hiya. Hiya. Hello. Um, it's great that you found time to come and chat to us as today is uh, Access Space's 10th anniversary. Yay! Yeah, and we didn't get you a cake. Oh, 10 um, years though. Pretty good going. It's amazing. It's fabulous. Um, and that's 10 years holding the record, I believe, as being the UK's longest running free media lab. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. Um, we've been keeping the doors open now for five days a week for the last 10 years. Anyone can walk into Access Space and start getting creative with trash technology and free software. Okay. We, you know, we're just blown away that we've had the sort of support that we've had. So let me just, um, for people that aren't uh, that familiar with um, Access Space, um, I'll just provide a little bit of an introduction. Um, the way I was going to introduce you sounds relatively simple, saying that you provide free access to technology and related, related learning. Um, and yet, in many ways, that belies the complexity and the value of the participative community you encourage and support. Wow, that's a lot of long words. It's a lot of long words. And, <coughs> I, and can I just squeeze a few more in before I let you come in, James? Because I know you always have a wonderful amount to say, but I just want to make sure everyone understands what Access Space is. So at your Sheffield um, headquarters, which is the physical location, you have the Media Lab itself, um, a well-equipped studio, and as you've said, open five days a week, with one particular stipulation, which is that lab visitors slash users become participants. And that is that as they learn themselves, they pick up skills and pass those on. That's essential. Um, and it's quite a unique approach. It opposes uh, the much more private way in which cyber cafes operate. Um, and so is your approach to sourcing your facilities because the organisation works entirely with recycled computers. Uh, you use the free operating system Linux and a suite of other free programmes. So um, to kick off, because I know, I know there's lots to talk about, um, perhaps you could better develop that introduction for me, James. Well, I mean, hey, you, pretty much you've said it all. Look, we're the people that like to get creative with technology and not pay, okay? <laughs> Paying is a very bad thing, okay? Over the years, we reckon now that we've saved more than £150,000, okay, by not paying for software and by not paying for hardware. We've never bought a computer, but we're encouraging people to do all sorts of creative things. I mean, the key difference between access space and a cyber cafe is exactly what you pointed out. What we're asking people to do is come and get creative. Now, we're not specifying how people get creative if you like our curatorial policy is yes okay but what we want people to do is to actually start learning something start making something doing something we host websites for people we'll register web domains we'll give people all sorts of support and we'll introduce people and this is the key we'll introduce people to other people who are into the sort of stuff that they're into and what goes around comes around. Sure, you can ask other people for help. They'll be happy to help you. But here's the catch. 
when people ask you for help in access space, you must. So put it another way. When people come through the door, we're not asking people for money. We don't want their money. We want their brains. An excellent model. Moving on from that, that was your sort of the initial premise of access space. And what has that developed into? What are some of the core activities in that learning community? Well, hey, there's a million things that people are doing. Um, on the one hand, it's like a lot of people who come in are already interested in technology, you know, and maybe they're recycling computers, they're installing them with free software, they're getting going, maybe they're distributing them in the local community, maybe they're doing their own projects with them. People are coming in, they're becoming web designers, they're becoming graphic designers, um, people are artists. People are starting their own businesses. People are starting to refer other people to each other as we get a kind of micro-enterprise network going on in the whole space. The point is, though, that some of the activities that happen in access space are definitely what you might call art, okay? And some of them are probably not art, but they're all creative, and we don't see the need to kind of make a firm distinction between what's art and what isn't art. Everything that is positive activity is creative and can add to the mix. And and as part as part of that um, as part of that desire not to um, create particular boundaries or, or to categorise, um, your model isn't just about the free technology. A core aspect of it is, uh, relates to the self-directed learning process. So rather than dictating particular skills that might feature on a curriculum, you invite people to realise their own projects in their own way and build their own curriculum. Look, if you want the kind of a, official view of that, if you like, what this is, is it's, it's learner-centred activity, okay? Old-style learning suggests that teachers know what learners need to know, okay? But going to any school IT lesson now, and you'll find out that the person who's most ignorant is the person who's paid to be there. What's wrong with this picture? Now, people know what they need to know. They're trying to solve problems in their everyday life. They're trying to get by. They're trying to get online. They're trying to do all sorts of things to actually make their lives better and to be creative, to have a voice, and so on. So they can pick exactly the things that they need to actually do and they, they need to achieve. That's got to be the future of learning, surely. Um, the, <laughs> sorry, I can't, I can't concentrate because Mark was tapping me on the shoulder with excitement. Um, uh, I want to move on to some of the projects that have come out of, of this process and what you've been doing. Um, recently, you've been working with furtherfield.org on something uh, called the Zero Dollar Laptop Project. Uh, I'm wondering if you can tell us a bit about that and where my pink laptop has gone exactly. Well, I mean, the, the zero-dollar laptop is a very, very simple idea. You know, we've started the access space as an organization, okay? And we really commend this model, this way of doing things to other organizations. In fact, organizations like, say, Furtherfield are starting to do the sort of things that we're doing. In other words, not paying for technology or, to be more accurate, maybe not paying with money but paying with time. But hang on a second. You pay with money, you end up poorer. You pay with time, you end up smarter, Right? What's the investment? It's obvious. Now, we're now thinking about individuals, okay? Individuals taking that step of saying, hang on a second, I'm not going to pay for this anymore. If I actually learn how I can extend the life of that old PC that I already have, that, that trash laptop, if I can get really creative with that, if I can extend its life, not only is it green, it's environmentally friendly, right? It saves you money, but also you get smarter in the process. And I don't think you get any less creative. In fact, 
However, a lot of the time, the the issue here is the restrictions of a medium are one of the things that really push you to be creative with it. So if you've got an old laptop which maybe can only do text or it can only do like a few colors on the screen at once, it's only got a low resolution, hey, push yourself. The problem with being creative with that laptop is not the technology. The problem is inside your head. So solve that problem and you're becoming more creative and more skilled as you do it. Okay, so just to continue with um, the Zero Dollar Laptop Project, can you just give me an idea of what's going on in London at the moment surrounding that? Right now, the Zero Dollar Laptop has spawned a whole load of activity with Furtherfield, working with uh, one of the access-based team, Jake Harris, um, working at St Mungo's with some people who are from a fairly disadvantaged situation at the moment. They're uh, homeless people who are working to rebuild laptops, install them with free software, and start to get creative with them. Now, this project has been running for just a few weeks now, and the point is not to get a laptop. It's not to get a free laptop, if you like. The point is the skills and the abilities to mean that those people are never going to need to buy another piece of technology again. And the fantastic thing that we've seen is people starting to change their attitude and their relationship to technology from being a consumer, or if you like, wanting to be a consumer, to the point where suddenly they're realizing they don't need to have that relationship anymore. They're actually critically engaging with the technology. They're making the value for themselves. And these guys are now becoming online activists, actually starting to advocate for St. Mungo's, which has got a lot of problems with funding at the moment. And they're, they're actually starting to lobby for the organization, saying about the kind of support that it gives them. And they're making a lot of noise online about it. So, you know, we're really blown away by the whole project. It's a really inspiring project, I have to say, and I'm I'm really glad that uh, really glad that my pink laptop has has gone on to do much greater things than it did when it belonged to me. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm conscious of the fact this is a bit of a difficult question, um, but it would be oh, great no. to give, well, I, I want to give sort of a fuller picture of some of the self-led creativity that comes out of Access Space. And I want to bring Stephen here so that you can perhaps talk about your own work and your own relationship and how you've, you've developed. In, in Access Space? Yeah. Um, right, I've, I've, been working, I've been working there for about a year, but I've been using the space for about five years. Um, there's all sorts of uh, creative projects going on. Um, one of the things we've got at the moment, we've got an artist called Patrick Amber who's got a thing called Outbox where we use a, an open source image manipulation program called the GIMP or GNU image manipulation program. And we post up, or a, an individual posts up a, a picture that they might have taken and then somebody else manipulates it, maybe puts new material in it and then another person takes it and we post this on a wiki and you get this kind of collaborative montage quite often without any direct communication between the artists other than the fact that they've shown what they've done you know and, and you get this kind of very interesting unpredictable result and you also get people who maybe don't see themselves as artists or digital artists who pick up loads of skills doing this sort of thing Sorry, I got slightly distracted by Twitter because at the same time as you were talking, uh, Rob Myers has wished you a happy 10th anniversary. Thanks, um, Rob. And also asked you guys to mention the Access Space book, please. Oh, what, Grow Your Own Media Lab? Do you want to talk about Grow Your Own Media Lab, Steve? Um, 
I've just had a mental blank. (laughs) Well, I mean, Grow Your Own Media Lab is, you know, the whole proposition of Grow Your Own Media Lab is just to tell people, you know, we've got a formula, if you like, for how to make one of these spaces. Now, we're not saying that you have to follow our you know our instructions exactly but over the years we found a lot of things that kind of work a lot of ways of kind of facilitating people to get together start learning from each other sort of and uh we've we've put it all into a comic book it's a lot of fun and uh you know say hey you know get get a copy email us it's a really useful it's a really useful text yes i reckon we've got one so well actually i think we've got few <laughs> well uh, for, for what you it's would. worth it's it's creative Commons licensed so you know if you feel like you know making some more copies and distributing them please do will do and highly recommend it as well unfortunately we're at our end oh you're kidding so we've got time for one more question go on oh go on because then. i really want to ask you guys what you've been up to today well i'll <laughs> gotta be um, very far. Smashing we've been encouraging children to smash computers to pieces Yay. with a view to them <laughs> building them back up again into something cooler than what the computer originally was, something that would be both aesthetically pleasing, um, artistic, creative, and still functional and working. So that's basically, in a nutshell, what we've been doing today. Brilliant. Perfect. Okay. Thank you, everyone. We wish we had so much more time. It's been really great. And thank you, James Warbank, Steve Withington, 